You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And as has been the case for the last couple of episodes, we are going to be talking commitment. We are going to be talking commitment and possibly another domino falling for the Wolverines in a month that was forecasted to be a big month for the maize and blue time will tell how big it winds up being but they continue to stack commitments in the month of july joining me to talk about the latest and greatest in michigan football even basketball recruiting maybe we'll slide a little bit of that in here his name is bryce marriage bryce how are you today doing good man i just got a fresh lineup fresh cut so you know i'm doing good all right so mr marriage we have been profiling the possible domino effect for Michigan in the month of July uh, for the for weeks, right? That has been all the talk in the class. And if you haven't followed along, no better time than the present to get the latest scoop over on the michiganinsider.com. Get in for a dollar, no better time than the present, especially with the barbecue at the big house coming up the season right upon us. Get in for pennies a day. But one of the guys that the players were pointing to, talking about the commitments in the class, they were very confident about Michigan standing with Micah Pollard, the most recent addition to Michigan's class, another Pollard on the heels of Miles Pollard, that they were feeling really good about. He visited in early June. Michigan, there were strong rumblings emanating from Ann Arbor from that point, saying that Michigan felt extremely confident. But at the same time, Bryce, there are a lot of the same rumblings coming out of Auburn. So, Kind of take us into that ebb and flow that, hey, you're hearing very, very strong things from Michigan side, but then there are very, very strong things coming from Auburn side too. So from Bartram Trails, um, Jacksonville, Florida, he's 6'3", he's up to 210. Micah Pollard, he's an edge linebacker. He's a guy that can be a chess piece, move around the defense. Um, ironically, this was a kid that we just, and I, especially me, just found I mean, I went to go see Brandon Jennings down, you know, playing Florida last season. Come to find out, he wasn't even the best linebacker on the field that night. It was Micah Pollard. So I went over there and talked to him. I said, hey, man, are you interested in Michigan? He said, well, you know, it's funny you ask that because I have a connection or two to Michigan. I'm like, oh, really? What is it? Yeah, my uh, my uncle happens to be Braylon Edwards. <laughs> I'm just looking at the kid like, you got to be freaking kidding me. And then he's like, my dad, Marcus Pollard, you know, who also played in the NFL for several years. He played with Jim Harbaugh with the Colts. So I'm looking, I called you, Sam. I was like, wait a minute, Sam. I know this wasn't the kid I wanted to go see, but we might have to write about him, and he might be a kid down the road we need to remember. Long story short, he definitely was getting re- remembered. Um, fast forwarding to this past, you know, this previous month, he took official visit to Michigan Kind of the thought process there was, let's see if he commits. There was a lot of rumblings that he might commit following the visit or during the visit. That didn't happen. He took a couple more trips. One was to Auburn. A lot of the buzz, like you said, Sam, was Auburn possibly overtook the lead there as a team as, you know, that jumped Michigan. Michigan was very consistent in this recruitment. Linebackers coach George Hilo, who's got extremely good connections, being from the Jacksonville, Florida area, Stayed with him. 
He offered him back in January. was a guy that they targeted right away. You know, the new defensive staff. And ultimately then, it was those connections to Michigan, but it also, you know, Micah told me himself, it was the community, the love from the coaches and the program. Everything fit what he was looking for. And it was one of those things where I did put in a pick. I flipped my pick. I put in one early March for Michigan. With how strong the buzz was from Auburn, I did flip it, but then I flipped back probably a couple of days ago or whatever, um, and I checked on different sources. You know, I know there's a lot of good rumblings from Michigan and how they felt, but I also checked down the Sunshine State to make sure, you know, the people down there were feeling just as good. They were, I put in that pick. Ultimately, Michigan landed this guy. He's the three-down, you know, linebacker. He can do several things. A lot of people on our board comparing him to Josh Uche, the way he can come off the edge. That's to, you know, that's to be seen if he can be that good. But I really like him. I think he's going to be a great player for Michigan. He fits one Mike McDonald Watson's defense as well. Hey, look, I, I think it is a real sort of inside view of how we make these calls, right? We don't just whimsically put in a crystal ball. I know a lot of people, different people have different crystal ball philosophies. For instance, Steve Wolfong. His crystal ball, his is a take the temperature at the time. So where it's trending at the moment. Things are leaning Michigan right now, he'll project Michigan. If he feels like someone else takes the lead, he'll he'll flip it. You know, he his is much more temperature in the moment, where things are leaning in the moment. What we tend to do with our crystal balls, and there's no one right way, it's just how you do things. Ours is where do we think a guy is gonna go? And so I remember talking to you during the Michael Pollard deal. I understand Michigan had been feeling strong, very strong about Michael Pollard for some time. You could you could pick up on it for from a bunch of different sources. And certainly after that official visit, even after he didn't commit on the visit, there was still a lot of confidence emanating. Uh, in the week leading up to his visit, I mean, you talk to people in Michigan circles, they were downright certain that he was coming. But you were getting that same thing that the folks at, at Auburn were so strong with theirs. And I know that's what gave you and Steve pause initially and rightfully so. And so there was that momentary pause. And I remember saying, hey, you never go, at least in my experience, I never go with just what's coming out of out of Michigan circles. That is a recipe for being caught. There's no 100 percent foolproof plan. Right. But you. You always got to get, at least for, for me to feel comfortable, some sort of independent corroboration. It could be someone in the kid's circle. It could be someone from an opposing team that's hearing the same thing. But some sort of corroboration outside of what's because what if he tells Michigan that he's coming, which he obviously did earlier in the week. Uh, and all the guys knew and all the guys were saying, hey, he's saying he's coming. He's saying he's coming. But what if he's saying the same thing to Auburn people, right? What if he's saying the same? He, he obviously was not doing that in this instance because you were able to reach out down in florida this is the value of building up sources down there and they said now nah, it's gonna be michigan right just to just to give you that that certainty to go ahead and be able to lock that crystal ball in on michigan that's the anatomy of how this crystal ball went very easily could have locked it back in on michigan if we were just going solely by what michigan said but we didn't do that in this particular instance. Got that secondary corroboration, and that's when we were ready to go. And a valuable pickup 
in Micah Pollard, as you laid out, Bryce, a guy who you look at him, he's a he he's a picture, he's the definition of what you think an edge in this defense looks like. But as you said, he brings versatility, linebacker versatility. He can line up in the middle. You know, he could be a middle backer in this defense. I think a lot of it really depends on how they fill out this linebacker class. And that's what what's getting really interesting. So we put some questions to the people on the board, and we'll get back to doing this, about, hey, what do you want us to – what questions do you want us to address on the Recruiting Insider? Questions that might be – might deserve a conversation as opposed to a message board post, right? And so they said, well, what is the inside linebacker? What is the linebacker board – look like the linebacker and edge board look like now so edge wise josh josephs josh, there isn't a prospect on the board higher than josh josephs they want josh josephs bad even with edge guys already in the fold you know like Cavante henry who uh is has been high on their board michael pollard could be could be an edge. You throw Josh Josephs in there, it gives you some versatility to move him elsewhere on the defense if you want. But then that sort of, as you look back at some of their other linebacker targets, then it maybe shifts the numbers there some if it works out that way. So, you know, you take a, you get a Josh Josephs who some people think they lead for. I'm, I know they look good for. I don't know who's in the lead right now, Bryce, but if you do that, now you got to start looking at that linebacker number with guys like Sebastian Cheeks, who I want you to talk about, Jeremy Patton, who I'll talk about, and then Deuce Spurlock, who we'll both talk about. And maybe that shifts your numbers around now where you might have to start thinking a little differently about how many of those guys you take if now that you have Henry and Pollard and possibly Josephs, you know, you already have – uh, you know, Aaron Alexander committed in the linebacking core. What does that do to the numbers in the middle? So what about Sebastian Cheeks, Bryce? Yeah, and, you know, don't forget about Mario. You know, he's yeah. come off the Ma- edge And Mario well. Eugenio, you're absolutely right. Uh, forgive me. That Again, this is getting into the edge numbers that we're talking about. It makes, it the, more, it makes yeah. the point even more. I'm talking about if you take, if you get Josh Josephs, now, you know, that positional versatility, that linebacker versatility that you have with Michael Pollard is realized even more. And he's probably a guy, the guy that you move back off the ball a little bit more, but then that messes with these other linebacker numbers. Yeah, and you know, and the thing is, too, them looking at a common trend with this class seems to be versatility. You know, Micah Pollard, he's got those freak genetics. Obviously, you know, he's going to get bigger, big, get stronger. And, you know, you look at Josh, you know, Joseph's a guy that you can move around. Aaron Alexander, we're told, is more like, even an athlete than a linebacker. I mean, just of how he can play. I mean, for shoot for Belleville, he's their running back. So that just shows again, the versatility these guys have, but Sebastian Cheeks, Evanston, Illinois, six, three, two, 10, you know, top two, four, seven linebacker. Michigan's been on him for months, months. And that started with Sharon Moore. You know, he's been locking down the Chicago area for several years now. He's been doing a great job. He's one of Michigan's ace recruiters, Carry that now to Mike McDonald, George Hilo, who have been tag teaming that along with Sharon Moore. And though that trio right there has positioned Michigan really well on this recruitment. Texas is the other school along with North Carolina. Those two schools seem to be battling Michigan. Notre Dame seemed to be the team to beat for some time. 
but they've stacked their linebacker class to the point of where they might be out of spots. So now it looks like a three horse race there for Sebastian Cheeks. He did take official visit to Michigan. He did a Oscar Delp special where he came midweek. I think those sometimes help out Michigan too, because they can, you know, modify the official visit, give more attention to him and his family. And the other thing to remember about him, Sam, I think distance will be a factor. He hasn't come out to say it, but I think this is one where proximity, you know, close to home and the distance factor could help Michigan in a way in this recruitment. Yeah, you wonder where he is in his timeline and where Michigan kind of has him relative to the field. And I ask that question because they're pushing really hard for Jeremy Patton. I, I don't know. Just This is just my outside read. I don't know that they're pushing for any of these guys as hard as they're pushing for Jeremy Patton right now. The linebacker out of Tanaha, Texas. You know, a guy who was being recruited by some schools as a receiver, he is an outstanding athlete. I mean, it's and one of the things that the guys that were on the visit the same, like Miles Pollard was on the visit the same, he's like, man, that, that's a big dude. Like, you think, oh, he's a receiver. He said, man, this dude, he looks like he's like 262220, right? He is an athletic guy, right? And so Michigan has been pushing exceptionally hard. And he's a dude, and, and remember, originally it started out with Brian Jean-Marie. This, the rest of the staff picked that baton up. George Hilo, give Hilo a lot of credit because Jeremy Patton shouted out Hilo as the guy that he really has formed a strong bond with. I think they love his athleticism. He's a sideline to sideline linebacker that has coverage skills as well. I mean, he's a twitchy dude. He's a guy that I think is destined to rise in the rankings. You know, Tanaha is a little bit off the beaten path a little bit. Remember, we sent Newkirk down to see uh, Joseph Adedayer, who's since committed to TCU. There was a big lineman that we sent him to see down there, uh, offensive lineman in Arlington area. And then a five-star kid, Jordan Renaud, they went to in, in the 23 class that we sent him to see as well. Tanaha is like two hours outside of Dallas. Like it's it's a hump, man. So you gotta you gotta be going to Tanaha to see him in order to see him. So I, I think as more eyes are laid on him, this is another example of what I've been talking about about in this cycle. Some of the evals I think are a little behind where they're gonna be. The evals are gonna catch up, and I think they're gonna catch up with Jeremy Patton. I think Jeremy Patton is gonna be a four star guy before all is said and done. And I've been saying since I put in the. Uh, crystal ball for Miles Pollard. The other guy I've been very close to putting in a crystal ball for is Jeremy Patton. There is huge confidence emanating from Michigan circles about Jeremy Patton. There is as much, pay attention, there is as much confidence emanating from Michigan circles about Jeremy Patton as there was confidence emanating from Michigan circles about Michael Pollard. It's equal. It's the same. Right? So that's why I've been very close to putting in a crystal ball for Jeremy Patton. Now, why have I paused? Why have I been hesitant, hesitant to do so, reluctant to do so? Because, like I say, you know, I never just go on what's coming from Michigan circles. Right now, I'm talking to the kid. He he meant no words about how 
strongly he's feeling about Michigan and strongly he's feeling about George Hilo. But he also said he has a couple of visits left. He wants to get to LSU. He wants to get to Arkansas. While he's preparing to take those other visits, I'm sort of taking a pause back. You know, Texas is going to double down. You know, Baylor is going to double down. So can Michigan hold on to whatever advantage they gain? You got Hilo working them hard. You got Miles Pollard working them hard. You know, uh, Will Johnson came up that weekend as well, was working them. So the class is working them hard. And make no mistake, I know what the crystal balls say. I, I do feel confident saying this. If, I, if I'm not confident enough to put in a crystal ball because I'm not getting that independent corroboration, I am confident enough to say that I feel like Michigan leads right now. That's not being ready to put in a crystal If I was just going by what Michigan circles were saying, oh, crystal ball would be in. It'd be in <laughs> with a really strong confidence level if I was going by only that. But I've learned over the course of time that you don't do that. You get that independent, you know, sort of support, sort of corroboration, and, and then you see. But a guy who is talking like a summer timeline is very possible. If you go back and read the stories on the MichiganInsider.com, that confidence emanating from the class, all these factors sort of lead me to say that Jeremy Patton is a guy that they're trending up for, but I'm not quite ready to put in a crystal ball. If I get to that point, now here's the interesting thing. It might shift my crystal ball that I currently have on Deuce Spurlock, Bryce. Because I currently have a crystal ball on Deuce Spurlock. Based on how these numbers have played out with Micah Pollard, Mario Eugenio, Cavante Henry, if you get a Josh Josephs, and then if you get a Jeremy Patton, now you gotta start, now you gotta start playing that, that chess game in your head. How many can they take? And so if I get to the point where I'm putting in a crystal ball for Jeremy Pat, I think it will be at the expense of my crystal ball that I currently have on Deuce Spurlock. Yeah, he's the guy in Michigan. You know, they saw him in person. Uh, they offered him June 6th. He's down from, you know, Alabama, state of Alabama, 6'2", 200 pounds. The guy who's a versatile athlete and can play multiple positions. But he's the guy that Michigan likes at linebacker. George Hilo, once again, has been running the ship, you know, um, in the pursuit for Spurlock. But like you said, Sam, it could come down to being a you know, numbers crunch at this point. You know, it would come also down to who do you like more? Mm-hmm. I think Michigan, without any doubt, would pick Penn over Spurlock. That's not to say Spurlock is a scrub and he can't play football because he's definitely not. He can definitely play at the par five level, at the high par five level. Right, and they, and they scouted him person. They scouted him in person. I mean, right. it, it would get to the point where they would have to ask themselves, all right, do we take away from another position? That will be sort of the recruiting meeting. Like, let, let's say they get Josh Josephs and let's say they get Jeremy Patton. They got to sit down as a staff and say, can we afford to take a Deuce Spurlock too? Should we do this too? Because we, we like him. We love him even. But for this numbers crunch where we, we've been able to load up on edge guys, we'd be taking them. So do we take away from another position to do that if those other dominoes fall? This whole sort of ebb and flow is going to be worth watching. Uh, as we move on and talk about this this linebacker discussion, it is intriguing as it is interesting, as it is exciting. Uh, but I guess it, exciting is a matter of perspective, right? It's only exciting if they land these guys. So, but so far, so good as they've landed a lot of them. 
Another board that has been changing, Bryce, is the defensive line board, the interior defensive line board, right? And so we've seen some targets come off the board, most notably Jordan Phillips, who we will talk about shortly. Uh, There are some other guys that are still out there, like a Deion Walker, who we'll also revisit in this podcast. Of course, Walter Nolan's still out there. Michigan made the top five. Michigan in very, very good shape for him. Does Michigan decide, hey, you know what? We are going to go back on Justice Finkley and push hard for him. My gut tells me that that discussion is ongoing. You know, maybe it'll take some convincing to say, hey, you know what? We really think you could be an inside guy. That's that's possible. It's possible, right? Because I, I know, as I said on the last podcast, look, when Justice Finkley took himself out of the mix after Michigan said, oh, we don't really see you as an edge guy, that got the attention of some other recruits, most notably Walter Nolan. Like, what's up with Fink? What's, what, what? Hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This dude was on a visit. He was, you were lining him up. He was fitting in the mix for us. You know, we were figuring out what we were going to look like on the defensive line together. What's up? So that in and of itself, Bryce, might make you want to knock back on that Finkley door. And the Finkleys are open to it. I mean, you know that. I know that. We've been told that a ton. But the guys that we do know, there are some guys that we do know that they have expanded that board to include. One of them being a guy that was over a year and a half ago now. We saw him at a camp down in Ohio. Dude was really intriguing. Michigan had offered him very, very recently. I don't know if, I can't remember if it was before or after that camp. It was that camp down in Obitz, Ohio. And the kid out of Dayton, Ohio, I think it's Archbishop Alter, Archbishop Alter, defensive lineman Derek Shepard. I think you remember me saying at that camp, I love. I thought De- Derek Shepard at that camp was, I mean, we saw Dion at that camp, we saw Derek Shepard at that camp. Derek Shepard was arguably the top interior guy at that camp. Yeah, hands down. I, I think trying to re, you know remember that camp, but I think him and Tyson Ford. I don't know if you remember Tyson, him, I do. Sam. Committed to Notre but Dame. Can, yep, he's going to Notre Dame. Um, and those two were just they just stood out above the rest. And you know, for Shepard, I remember him because six three, about three hundred pounds. He was about three fifteen at that time. Yeah, and he slimmed down some, but he can move. Even at 315, when we saw him, it was not like he was huffing and puffing. He was doing the drills. He was getting up and down. And I know that caught the attention of many people in attendance like us. And I think for Michigan, this is a smart move on their end because, you know, his main recruiter at the time at Cincinnati, where he's committed, is Marcus Freeman, mm-hmm. who is now not there anymore. He's at Notre Dame. Um, and I think with them, you know, for them to kick the tires at least – a great option. He's a four-star. He's a guy who's in the state of Ohio, which everyone's been saying, you know, got to recruit, got to recruit, got to recruit. And, you know, I, I don't see this as a guy that Ohio State's going to move on. So I don't think that's an issue with this as well. Um, and he, he just becomes a, you know, a position of need. I mean, he fits what Michigan needs. Jordan Phillips right now, you know, that ship, I don't know if that's sailed, but if your alternative is Derek Shepard, and you got to go to plan B, and that's your plan B, that's a great plan B. Sometimes that can even be a plan A. I mean, the kid can play. He can play both sides of the line. That's what he does for his high school. And Michigan, he's going to be more inside. I know he had, you know, really created a good relationship with Sean Nua. 
that never faded. It's kind of always lingered around. Again, like you said, they've rekindled that relationship there. Sparks have started to fly. I think there's talks of him potentially even visiting. That's something to see as well. And who knows? You know, once you get him up on campus, you show him around and say, hey, man, this could be you. You know, they try on the uniforms. They see the facilities. It's a different level coming to Michigan compared to Cincinnati. I think he knows that as well. Michigan, it's going to be if they push. Yeah. And we'll see on that. Yeah, so I, I like Derek Shepard a lot. I like Derek Shepard a lot back at that time, but he was about 315 pounds. Michigan eventually sort of pulled off. I thought at the time, is he maybe he's just too big, you know, size-wise for their profile, right? They, they like those smaller guys that they build up. I thought, man, this is you need some size, is what I was thinking. But hey, who who am I to to question? But he he had or has Michigan State, Florida State. Uh, I think Nebraska was in there with an offer. I mean, he had some other noteworthy Power Five offers in there. This is a four star kid, and the kind of kid that were it not for Marcus Freeman, you know, no disrespect intended to Cincinnati, but does does Cincinnati keep him home without Marcus Freeman. Now he's committed. He still, you talk to him, he say, hey, I, I'm, I'm committed. I'm just, I'm weighing my options. I'm looking around. Cincinnati had a better season than Michigan last year. Make no mistake. But this, there is an opening to your point without Marcus Freeman there. Ohio State has been keeping tabs, but I just don't know that they're the kind of tabs where he feels like Ohio State is going to come checking for me. But Michigan this is not just some some past this some whimsical thing. Some oh, you know, we're going to take a, we're going to kick the tires. They are on Derek Shepard hard now. It's Nua, it's Courtney Morgan. I mean, he's a guy that they're redoubling it. Hey, you have a fresh offer. Not just that offer you had in the past, the past defensive staff, you we want you. This staff wants you here. So now it's a matter of getting him up on a visit. His body is different. He's not 315 anymore. He's 295 now, moving around even better, playing both ways. So if you had questions about his motor and his stamina, which I think was a part of that wonderment with the 315 pounds, is he an every-down guy? I think he's shown through his weight loss, he showed last year that he's a, he's a guy that can play with an even better motor. I think he's going to have a big year, and Michigan pushing really hard to get him back on campus. And he has not rebuffed those overtures. He's talking about making it up on a visit. He's like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm interested. I'm not going to just, you know, just because Michigan's knocking at my door, I'm not going to drop everything and go visit. But, yeah, this is intriguing. Let me, you know, you guys really want me? If you really want me, I'm going to come take a look. So they are talking about timing. Could he come to the barbecue? Remains to be seen. But this is a guy definitely for Michigan now, Derek Shepard. We have to wait to see, Bryce, if – a couple of other guys, they have, you know, started to move on at varying levels. I'll talk about one. You talk about the other. But Sean Washington. So Sean Washington is a defensive lineman out of New Orleans, Louisiana, Warren Easton High School. This is a four-star kid in a 24-7 sports composite. He's 6'3", 297 pounds. He was originally, uh, you know, he started out his career playing at Marrero John Erit, I think is what you, the name of the school. Well, Marrero is also the location of Archbishop Shaw High School, 
Marrero Archbishop Shaw High School is the high school of none other than Ron Bellamy. This is one where Coach Bell can reach into his deep Rolodex of people down in the bayou and say, hey, what's up with Sean Washington? Now, this kid was originally committed to LSU. All the crystal balls are still on LSU saying that they expect him to recommit, but this kid is really looking around. Michigan has, after they offered him in late June, it was like June 18th or so, it was the day after he decommitted from LSU, was when Michigan offered. He talked about making it up to Michigan for a visit the very next week. That fell through. Michigan has been talking to him about coming up on a visit since then. Uh, Barbecue's out because he's visiting Georgia that weekend, but sounds like there are ongoing discussions about getting him up here in the fall. If that happens, then Michigan really, really moves up. I mean, there's some talk about, you know, he has him having some work to do in the classroom. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if that's just LSU putting that out there or if there's legitimacy to it. But, you know, that's one of those things like for LSU to say that I'm I'm just I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical, Bryce. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, that's not to say that it's not an issue. But I'm skeptical with LSU saying it uh, in the grand scheme of things. So that's one to watch. But there was another kid, another interior defensive lineman I know you have your eye on. Greenwood, South Carolina, Robbie Harrison, 6'3", 285. Now, like Sean Washington, he doesn't have the high profile as him. He's a three-star, low three-star. He's the number 25 player in the state of South Carolina, so he's very, very, very much under the radar. But this, you know, this camp season, he's been blowing up to the point of where, you know, he camped at Florida State, earned a couple offers from there, and then he camped at Georgia, and he picked up a Georgian offer. Michigan actually saw him at their satellite camp in South Carolina. Um, at that time, they really were impressed. They went back over his film. They said, man, this kid has some potential. He might be a dime in the rough. They would go on to offer him last month. Now he's to the point of where he's talking to Sean Newell pretty, you know, on a frequent basis. And now they're talking about setting up official visit. So he's got to watch. He's a big, like I said, 6'3", 285. He's got frame. He's got the frame to add more weight. High academic head. Um, I don't know how many kids, Sam, they've gone from South Carolina, but for a kid from South Carolina, he seems extremely interested in Michigan. He knows a lot more than I was expecting about the program university when I first talked to him, which kind of shocked me. At the same time, he's more than eager to visit. He wants to take a deep hard look at Michigan. And for him, he said it fits because he wants the academics, plus, he wants that great, you know side of football as well. He said Michigan offers both. He's going to take a hard peek at Michigan and see where it goes. But, yeah, he's another guy that they put on the radar and a guy they really like as well. Yeah, so it's going to be real interesting. I, I don't know uh, if they can get him up for the barbecue. It's going to be interesting to see who shows up for that thing <laughs> because, man, I think it's going to be loaded. We'll get into some a few of the names that we've been hearing on the other side. We'll also address a question to close out the interior defensive line discussion about Jordan Phillips, the rising lineman out of Ocoee, Florida. He committed to Tennessee here a few weeks ago, and that was a guy that I slash we were very bullish on Michigan getting. We will get into that because the question from uh, the folks over on the MichiganInsider.com, and like I said, we will solicit questions on a weekly basis. Say, Sam, you guys used to, you know, used to take questions and say you're going to address them on the podcast. Well, the podcast is – Obviously, we've had a lot to talk about on these podcasts, but we do want to accommodate the people. 
So we will incorporate the things that you want us to talk about, too. And one of those things, this came from Bob. No, Sean, I'm, on, I'm shouting you out. You said you want to hear about Jordan Phillips, even though you said the prediction was wrong. Or no, you said the, the intel was, uh, was wrong. No, the intel was not wrong. The prediction wound up being wrong because the kid changed his mind, but the prediction changed too. We will get into all of that, as well as talking about some of the names we're hearing showing are going to show up for the barbecue on the other side on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game it's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com and we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Sam Webb and Bryce Marich. No Steve Lorenz this week. Steve does you know, much deserved vacation. So he'll be back in short order, right? But Jordan Phillips, Ocoee, Florida. I think we have more insight into Jordan Phillips' recruitment than anybody in the game. I mean, we had his coach. We had his dad. I mean, we had family. We were friends. We were all over that recruitment. Let you know he was coming up on that dead period visit. There was a lot unfolding there. It was a little bit of a slow burn early. You might remember, Bryce, because they had offered in late December when Brian Jean-Marie was here. So just to give you a little background. And again, we're talking about uh, addressing the question of can Michigan get back in on Jordan Phillips? This was uh, Sean or Bopno1 on the MichiganInsider.com said, can you guys address that? So let's, let's just back up. Michigan originally got on Jordan Phillips because of Brian Jean-Marie. So Brian Jean-Marie is super tight with the coach at Ocoee. The coach at Ocoee is the uncle of Jaden Hood. Jaden Hood being the freshman that is a part of the incoming class. You remember where there was some question about whether Jaden Hood would stick? You want to know how that got locked down? 
That's that's Brian Jean Marie. Get not only with Roger Harriet at at St. Thomas Aquinas, and you you want to talk about a coach who is who is about his business. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm not recruiting for any school, but if a kid says he's committed to a school, I'm gonna, you know, we are going to make sure that he's sure when he makes that commitment, and we are gonna make sure that from a recruiting perspective, that any change of mind isn't just purely the product product of negative recruiting, that there's some substance behind it. That's Roger Harriet at St. Thomas Aquinas. So Brian Jean-Marie was on the phone with Roger Harriet. He was on the phone with Jaden Hood's coach or Jaden Hood's uncle, who is Jordan Phillips's coach. Jaden Hood's locked down. Jaden McBurrows is locked down because Miami was all over Jaden McBurrows. But it got locked down. Brian Jean-Marie was able to do that. And oh, by the way, hey, you know what? I got this player, Ed Okoe, named Jordan Phillips. You might want to check him out. Oh, watch film? Oh, yeah. Hey, we need interior defensive linemen at Michigan, right? That's what B- Brian Jean-Marie, I assume, is saying. So let's offer this kid. So they offer him, but then you got some uncertainty on the defensive staff and some time passes, right? Then you got some, some uncertainty with Brian Jean-Marie's status on staff. Some time passes, right? Then he's going to stay. And then he winds up going to Tennessee. Then the new defensive brain trust. So Nua is still here, and Nua was uh, in contact, but does the new defensive staff, is he a fit for the new scheme? So then some time passes, right? Now, all along, he does have some Power 5 offers. He has Miami, who's pushing hard for him. He has Auburn, who's pushing hard for him. But all the others, it's like UCF and Louisiana and some schools, that's like this. This kid you watch his tape, it just doesn't fit. He just seems like he's much better than that. I've seen a lot of film, Bryce. And I remember saying to you and Steve, man, watch this dude's film. Am I missing something? You remember I had you watch his films like, dude, what what are we what aren't these coaches seeing? I was like, this, this, he has the size, he moves well. The only question could be is how big is he? Is he really 6'4, 300? Right, but hell, Bryce, if he's 6'2", 300, moving the way that he moves, you got to get on this guy. So the new staff, they got on to the point of, all right, they're going to get him up for a visit. You know, they're on him, lines of communications open. He's talking to Sean Nua. He's going to come up on a visit. He goes around town, you know, dropping off at places like the Brown Jug. People in the community lay eyes on Jordan Phillips. Those people in the community that lay eyes on Jordan Phillips know that this dude is legit 6'2 and some change, 300 pounds. That's all you got to hear, that the size is legit. And so, Bryce, that dead period visit was pivotal because I got word during that visit that he committed to Michigan. We can, we can go back now and say this in retrospect. So what, what was behind the crystal ball pick? So I got word during that visit that he committed. And I said, you know, is that okay to release? Is that okay to put out there? His dad sent me a text. So now I'm reading you the text messages, some of the text messages that I showed Bryce on a recent edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And so his dad texts me back. And this, is, this was uh, the last day of his, of his visit. And this was, as I'm looking at the date, Sunday, May 2nd, right? And so his dad texts me. Actually, you have my permission. He's committed. Right? So what does that 
I'm pulling it up to the screen so you can see it. You see that there at the top? What does that say? That one right there at the top. That says that right there. Actually, you got the permission. Permission, yeah. He's yep, committed. He, he's committed. Says he's committed, right? All right. So, but then he says, then he texts me back. And what does that say at the very top, Bryce? I'll let you read it because this is two-person radio. Okay, so let's see. Okay, what does that say? It says, hold up. He has to silent commit. Right. Hold up. He has to silent commit. Right? So he was a silent commit to Michigan. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. You uh you double check it. So that's coming from the kids' side of things. You check in Michigan circles. Now you got you got both sides. You got the the from the kids' side of things, and then you're hearing the same thing from Michigan circles. So he's committed silently, but committed. So that's enough to go with a crystal ball, right? But then he starts to blow up, just like I thought he would when I saw his film. I'm like, what the hell am I missing? Yeah, man. They started to, Florida, Georgia, all these schools started to look around and they said, hold up. We got to keep this dude home, not just Auburn and Miami. Rest of us want him too. So then I showed you some more text. All right, here we go. So this is after the Georgia offer. So what does this say, Bryce? I'll let you, now you can read it. I told you not to read it last time. I'll tell you to read it now. Should have brought my glasses for this, Sam. I thought we were recording. I didn't know I was reading too. Okay. Uh, let's see. Offers won't matter. He's committed to Michigan. He won't change that. Hmm. Hmm. That was after the Georgia offer, right? Text message. You know, we got receipts, Bryce. We got receipts. So you want to know what, what's going on as far as what leads to the crystal ball? Got Michigan circles. You got the family saying he's committed after the, after the Georgia offer comes through, doubling down. Offers won't change that, right? So then the Florida offer comes. And I shoot out another text message and say, oh, man, he's blowing up. Just read the first two lines here, Bryce, the first two lines of it when I said he's blowing up. That's Tuesday, June 15th now, about 11 days it later. It says, LOL, yep, but Michigan is still his choice. Hmm, Bryce. So now after the Florida offer, triple down, he's still committed to Michigan. And so, you, so now you are getting the anatomy of the crystal ball and saying that, hey, Michigan is still looking good despite these offers. You are understanding why I use the Sean Parker reference. Sean Parker famously from Narbonne High School out in California committed to Michigan, uh, wound up decommitting close to signing day and, and flipping to Washington, but he was committed. Kid changed his mind. And so that's why I said, hey, Things are still looking really good for Michigan. Watch out. Maybe it could be a Sean Parker situation, but it will have to be something like that. That was the reference, right? So anyone saying that, you know, this was, you know, it was an embellishment, that the intel was off, is someone who had no intel, who had no sources, who had no insight into Jordan Phillips's recruitment. Because if you had insight into Jordan Phillips's recruitment, you'd be saying he's, you're crystal balling him to Michigan. No doubt, because that's what the family was saying, certainly what was coming out of Michigan Circle. So what happened? He goes on other visits. He goes on a couple of visits to Tennessee, where, oh, by the way, who's there? Brian Jean-Marie. Now, you, you would think Florida, you would think Georgia, Miami maybe, but Tennessee? Tennessee, who might be on the verge of 
some probation, who knows, for the McDonald's bags? We will see. But Rodney Garner, who recruited him uh, with Auburn, and then, of course, Brian Jean-Marie, who he had that relationship with in Michigan, he comes up on an unofficial, then he goes back on an official, and he's blown away, and he commits to Tennessee at the end of June. So in a month's time, he flips. He changes his mind. This is an example of the intel not being wrong because we, we brought the news to you that he was going to go to Tennessee. Before he announced it publicly, we were on the board saying, hey, things changed, crystal ball on Tennessee. Right? So we brought that news to you because we had that intel. Steve, uh, Steve Wilfong got it. I got it as well. But now is it over? To me, that chronology of events says that it's not. I mean, this kid was just committed to Michigan. He was just committed to Michigan. And a couple of visits to Tennessee, now he's going to Tennessee. So if you're one of these other schools, whether it's Florida, Georgia, or Michigan, your objective has to be you're keeping the lines of communication open. You're talking to that kid about getting up on a visit. He, he committed to Michigan without benefit of having the Michigan visit experience. Remember, it was a dead period visit, Bryce. So he's not able to go inside Schenbeckler Hall. He's not able to go inside the stadium. He's not able to hang out with the players. He's not able to do any of the things that he did at Tennessee. So you get him on campus. And if Florida can get him on campus for an official, if Georgia can get him on campus for an official, if Michigan can get him on campus for an official, you got a shot. So what do you have to do to, to get back in? What can you do to get him get back in? Get him on campus on an official. And I think that Michigan will continue to try to do just that. So I would not rule Michigan out of this equation. As a matter of fact, it is my belief that in the, ultimately he will wind up someplace other than Tennessee. That doesn't necessarily mean that he will end up at Michigan, but I do think he will wind up at another school. That's just my, my opinion on it, Bryce. So that sort of tells you. This is one of those times where not having any intel probably helped you with your prediction. Like if you were predicting someplace other than Michigan, it's a reflection on you having no insider intel on this story whatsoever. <laughs> and just guessing. And guessing right in this particular instance. But that's how things are. Recruiting. What do I always say to you, Bryce? Recruiting is what? It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And then I also say it's fluid. It can be very, it's very fluid. fluid. It can it's be very, very fluid. very fluid. So, all right. Let's talk about barbecue. Let's talk about barbecue. The barbecue at the big house. Coming up at the end of July, it is an annual recruiting event for the University of Michigan. And I think it's going to be a big time event, Bryce. The headliner. If you see him, if you see an eclipse on July 31st here at the University of Michigan, it's one of two guys <laughs> walking in front of the sun. One of them could be Josh Connerly Jr., Bryce. Josh Connerly Jr., as we, as we broke to you last month, is slated to be at the barbecue at the big house. He has already bought his, he and his family have already bought their tickets. The five star out of Seattle, Rainier Beach. This is the kid who is cool with Jamal Crawford. This is the kid who already, like I said, purchased his ticket. This is the kid that's cool with, with uh, Courtney Morgan. And that's the unofficial. Also, 
planning to come back for an official, that says that speaks a lot to where Michigan stands at this point with Josh Connerly. He's the guy in Michigan that it was actually at Warner that offered him way, way, way back. He left and in comes Sharon Moore, which in a way that might have worked out to Michigan's benefit, putting one of their ace recruiters now on this, you know, recruitment. And on top of that, you know, he, he's formed a good relationship too with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has taken a point of emphasis to recruit Connerly as well. I mean, they had a satellite camp in the area and Harbaugh and most of his staff was there. And for Josh, that was a big deal because he was, you know, obviously, you know, he was seeing a lot of kids, but for them to have a camp, satellite camp and stop in that area of the Pacific Northwest meant a ton to not only him, but his family. And so, like you said, Sam, he's going to come up here. He's never been to Michigan, 6'5", 275 from Seattle, Washington, five-star player. And Michigan needs bodies up front. I'm not saying the depth is not there and stuff like that because they have done over the years a really good job recruiting off the line. But in terms of this class alone, they have two guys right now committed. They want to add more bodies, obviously, to that. You can't just have two, so you want to add more. But, I mean, again, we talk about, you know, Walter Nolan and the, the ability of if you pull a kid like that, what it can open up and get people talking. You pull a kid like Josh Connerly from the West Coast, and Washington, USC, all these, all the top schools out there want him. That's going to get people talking. Right now, Michigan looks to be in decent position. I'm not going to say they lead. I'm not going to say even they're in his top group. I think they're in his top. top I think three. they're in his top group. I do. You, would, would you say top three? I think so. You think top three? I think so. It, you know what? It's it's hard to place them. It, it's hard to place them. Uh, the reason I say no. Well, yeah, it's hard to place them in, in, in the top three pecking order. Look, put it this way. They are in position to be in his top three by getting them on campus. Correct. I, I, and that's I, what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, I absolutely think that that is very much going to be the case once he takes that visit for the barbecue. And for him, like you said, to purchase the ticket already and make that commitment to now making this trip and this Correct me if I'm wrong. This is unofficial. This is unofficial. This is, so this is him paying on his own dime to fly across the country to have some good rips. And, I mean, the rips are probably great. But, I mean, I'm not paying that much. You know? And so, obviously, that shows his interest. That shows his commitment to making this visit. And that shows how much effort and time this, you know, coaching staff, especially Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Moore, have put into this recruitment as well. I think, like you said, they can catapult and vote up to that top three after this visit, but just to get him on campus alone, that's a win itself. Man, that satellite camp. Now, they had done some great work to be in that recruitment. I thought I think Sharon, Sharon did a good job of picking up the baton. I think Courtney coming in and his, his previous relationship with the kid, his relationship with Jamal Crawford, the, the kid's relationship with Jamal Crawford, all those things were helping Michigan with some momentum, some traction in that recruitment. But going out to that satellite camp, Jim Harbaugh, Sharon, Josh Gaddis, all being there. And there were other kids that they were looking at, like Mark Naboo, for instance, who was at that camp. There were some other guys. So it wasn't just, just Josh Connerly, but it was mostly Josh Connerly. And so I, I think that right there was like, oh, man, it, yeah, I'm going to go check these dudes out. <laughs> I'm going to go check these dudes out more than once, unofficially and officially. But the satellite camp also came into play with another offensive lineman that's slated to be at the barbecue at the big house. 
a, a kid that's more obscure. But if you see an eclipse in Ann Arbor on July 31st, if it's not Josh Carnally causing it, it's a kid named Philintha Carswell. Philintha Carswell. Now, you guys have heard of Josh Carnally. Probably haven't heard of Philintha Carswell, and I don't blame that on your knowledge of, of recruiting or lack thereof. This is a kid that was obscure to everyone because he just started playing football in the spring. This kid just started playing football in the spring. He's 6'7", 275 pounds, and he can move. I mean, he can really move. How do we know he can move? Because you watch him in AAU highlights on the basketball floor, and you see this dude patrolling the lane, protecting the rim, you know, getting out on the perimeter and, and guarding smaller, smaller guys. I think he did shoot a three in okay. one of those clips. I think Might he have did. some competition. I think he did shoot a three in one of those Might clips. Some competition. But this is a dude that was on no one's radar before the spring. He comes out for spring football. He hadn't played football, he said, since like sort of dabbling his freshman year. He's out of sports. He decides to come back out. Is He said his first play, and by the time this podcast goes out, you will have read this in the story on Philintha Carswell. VIP, if you aren't a member uh, and you want the full detail, for a dollar you could be in the mix on that and on barbecue and much more. But he said his first play from scrimmage in that spring game was a pancake. He looked over at the coach. The coach had his eyes were wide like saucers, right? And so the coach got the word out. And Miami offered. Georgia Tech offered. North Carolina State offered. Oregon offered, you know, Mario Cristobal, formerly coaching in the South, in the SEC and being very familiar down at Bama. He's deeply entrenched as Oregon, a factor down in SEC country. Oregon offered. Michigan, they haven't heard this. So this recruitment is really picking up steam by the time Michigan goes to a satellite camp at Georgia State late in late in uh, June. They had a side like, I mean, you know, not a camp that a lot of people knew they were at, but Philintha Carswell was at that camp. Worked at length with Sharon Moore. And you talk to people who were at that camp, they said, man, this dude was impressive with the way he moved. And Michigan, you could tell they were supremely interested with what they saw. Right? But then as you you work with the kid, and they said Sharon was working with him, and the kid talks about it in a story how he picked up some things about pass pro from Sharon. They really connected, really vibe. Just like he has with some other the other offensive line coaches on his in his recruitment, but if you're Michigan, you're looking around, so how come I haven't heard of this kid? And then you realize he didn't play. He didn't play. This is he's just into football here in the spring. So like, ah, oh, we we better pump the brakes. Then you get home, you maybe look at some more film. Maybe you see some basketball film. Maybe you see some more practice footage, and you see that Miami is trending heavily in this race. Oregon trending heavily in this race. And there's talk that by the end of the summer, he's going to take a visit to Oregon. And at that point, he'll be ready to decide. So if you're Michigan, you have to decide. Do you want to be in on this recruitment? Do you want to be in on this recruitment? Because if you're going to, you know, talk about potential, take a risk on potential, gamble on potential, six, seven, two, seventy-five, and can move? Oh, yeah, that's the kind of potential that you roll the dice on. He's like, I mean, a lot of people can work with that. You know, hell, if he can't do anything else, put him on the defensive line and see if he can do something there. He's just a big athlete. So they extended an offer in late June, very under the radar. You won't find that information on Twitter because it wasn't on Twitter that Michigan offered him. But working very quietly and diligently behind the scenes 
while all this Miami smoke was out there, all this talk about the Oregon visit that he's going to take at the end of the month, all that talk is out there. Michigan is talking about, hey, you need to come up and check us out. Filling the car as well is going to be at the barbecue at the big house. So, uh, you know, you got two big six, 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 seven tackles. If you're Michigan, you're like, please, please, football gods, let us get these, let us get these bookends before all is said and done. Because this is what they're supposed to look like. One is obviously more established as a prospect. The other is arguably an even better athlete. So we'll see how things go. Let's close things out, Bryce, by talking about a couple of other guys that we could see at the barbecue, both of whose last name is Walker. So we'll start with your Walker. You talk about big guys. I mean, it might be a club because I don't think the sun's going to come out with all these guys coming up to campus. I mean, Deion Walker, 6'7". I know over 300 pounds. I know he's slimmed down, Sam, but I mean, he's still easily 300 pounds. Detroit Cast Tech, a long, long, long time Michigan target. He just released the top five in Michigan, Missouri, Georgia, Arizona State, and Kentucky. Now, if Kentucky is primary recruiter, Sam, I don't know. Just make a guess. Just make a guess who he might have had. It was Steve Klinkscale. Where, where does he coach now, Sam? He coaches at Michigan now. Okay. So that's maybe one that we shouldn't probably pay too much attention to. Arizona State, it's pretty far. That's pretty far from Detroit. Hey, man, and old Herm Edwards is in a little bit of trouble down there. A little bit of okay. trouble down there in, in uh, where is it? It's not Tucson. Tucson is, is uh, Tempe. Arizona. Tempe. Yeah. Tempe. He's down there in Tempe, man. I don't know. You know they're talking about some some issues, maybe some violations down there. So, no, I mean, you got to feel good about Michigan. You still feel good about Michigan with Dion, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think all of us, Steve, you, me, Alan. Alan. Alan was the one that led the charge there with the crystal balls. And, I mean, you talk about a guy that has versatility and can play. I know Michigan right now, they're recruiting him at defensive tackle, nose tackle, and they need a big guy. I mean, him or Kenneth Grant would be the most ideal thing they could put in the middle. Or Walter Nolan. <laughs> but you have to look at sometimes, too, who seems more realistic at this moment. It would be either Kenneth Grant or Dan Walker, Dan Walker, you know, he will be coming up to the, uh, the barbecue. He was up twice in June on unofficial visits. He's just got a really good relationship with, I want to say the whole staff. staff. And when I'm saying that, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I mean the whole staff and he knows them, you know? And so at this point, I see no reason to change crystal ball. And at, in my opinion, in my opinion alone, he's probably one of the top five most important recruits that they're recruiting right now, just because of not only could he play defensive tackle and fit in the middle, he could play offensive tackle. And so with him moving around and let's say you don't, you don't land a Connor Lee, you don't land some of these guys that maybe you are recruiting. You land a Dan Walker, you shift him over to offensive tackle, Sam. That feels a huge need right there to positioning as well. I think, like I said, Michigan looks great in, in this shape or, you know, in this recruitment. And on top of that, you don't have to worry about Michigan State there. I don't think there are ever competition really in this recruitment. Well, if Wiltshire now at, you know, Michigan. Michigan State, they can't recruit him. But, yeah, looking at his top five right now, Missouri, Georgia, the other two, I just – I don't see it. I, I like Michigan right now as well. Yeah. So the other walker that I'm going to have an eye out for at the barbecue as a kid that I mentioned in passing – 
in a prior edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Remember me talking about Ponchachula, Louisiana? Ponchachula, Louisiana. That is the home of a Marion Walker. So Marion Walker is a 6'3", 170-pound wide receiver athlete that's committed to Notre Dame. This was a young man that was... This is the young man that went to Alabama's camp and turned it out. I mean, he ran a 4-4-40, had a 40-inch vertical at 6'3", and 170, 175 pounds. He was so fluid and so athletic that they were talking about him at Bama being a defensive back. Michigan talking about him being a defensive back, too. Now, what's the connection here? So his coach, Hank Tierney, was Ron Bellamy's coach down at Memorial Archbishop Shaw back when Ron was coming out in the late 90s. So you're talking about Memorial Archbishop Shaw earlier in the show. So you have a common thread there. And then you also have another sort of opening, if you will. Now, make it to be clear, the kid hasn't shown, hasn't given any signs other than the fact that he's been to Bama's camp. He hasn't given any signs that he's wavering in his commitment. But this was a guy that was originally recruited to Notre Dame by a coach named Terry Joseph. All right? So Terry Joseph is another Archbishop Shaw guy. You know, the Josephs, uh, Ron, um, uh, who's who, um, Ryan Clark, all these guys were Archbishop Shaw guys. So they, they have connection anyone that Hank Tierney has, you know, they're going to have. So Terry Joseph recruited him to Notre Dame. Guess who isn't at Notre Dame anymore, Ira? I mean, guess who isn't at Notre Dame anymore, Bryce? Listen, if you want me to co-host, you know, WTK, <laughs> just let me know. Just let me know. Terry I'm Joseph, available. Yeah, Terry Joseph is no longer at Notre Dame. Terry Joseph is now at Texas as the past game coordinator. So therein lies, much like we talked about with, with Derek Shepard moving from Cincinnati, I mean, with Marcus Freeman moving from Cincinnati to Notre Dame, creating an opening with Derek Shepard, now that Terry Joseph is no longer at Notre Dame, you know, that, that connection that got him connected to the Irish in the first place is a little bit less, a little bit weakened, is absent. That's not to say that he'll be easy to pluck away or easy to flip, just that there is an opening there. An opening such that, telling you, Bryce, I think that this is a guy that when you talk about getting to Michigan's campus, I would be surprised at this point if he doesn't visit at some point. I would be surprised if that if he if you get through his recruitment and he never visits Michigan. I'll tell you what else, I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up deciding to come up for the barbecue. Now, remains to be seen. Oh, remains Ooh. to be seen, Mr. Marich. Better have some good barbecue. But I, I'm just saying, just one to keep an eye on there. As we drop these nuggets. Obviously, we drop more nuggets over on the MichiganInsider.com. If you want the podcast on a daily, Intel on the daily like you get here in the podcast, a dollar for your first month gets you in over at the MichiganInsider.com just in time for this big-time barbecue that we're talking about, right? Just in time as things are heating up on the basketball circuit. As you got a, 
a couple of big fellas, one of them being Terrace Reed, who Juwan Howard is doing a great job on, a great job with, you know, out of Branson, Missouri, who has been doing his thing on the summer circuit. The Wolverines, one of his top four teams, and we got a lot coming on the basketball side of things uh, with the July live period and all the coverage of that. Again, the MichiganInsider.com. Sign up a dollar, get you in your first month. And if you just want to keep following the podcast, we're cool with that too. And just be sure to tell all your friends about it. Tell them they can get this podcast wherever they get their podcast, whatever platform they like. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. They can find it there. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast and up it'll come. And be sure to rate and review our podcast. Tell us how much you like it. And again, if you have questions, you have topics you want us to cover on the Michigan Recruiting Insider, just drop them over on the Victor's Club message board on the MichiganInsider.com, and we just might put your topic in the next edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.